Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 62, verses 5 through 12. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from her. She is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in her at all times, O people, pour out your heart before her. God is a refuge for us. Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balances they go up. They are together lighter than a breath. Put no trust in extortion. Set no vain hopes in robbery. If riches increase, set set not your heart upon them. Once God has spoken, twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God, and that to you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love. For you will render to a person according to their work. Jeremiah chapter 20, verses 7 through 13. O Lord, you have deceived me, and I was deceived. You are stronger than I, and you have prevailed. I have become a laughingstock all the day. Everyone mocks me. For whenever I speak, I cry out. I shout violence and destruction. For the word of the Lord has become for me a reproach and derision all day long. If I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, this is where my heart this there is in my heart, as it were, a burning fire, shut up in my bones, and I am weary with holding it in, and I cannot. For I hear many whispering. Terror is on every side. Denounce him, let us denounce him, say all my close friends, watching for my fall. Perhaps we will be deceived, then we can overcome him and take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me as a dread warrior. Therefore my persecutors will stumble, they will not overcome me. They will be greatly shamed, for they will not succeed. Their eternal dishonor will never be forgotten. O Lord of hosts, who tests the righteous, who sees the heart and the mind, let me see your vengeance upon them, for to you have I committed my cause. Sing to the Lord, praise the Lord, for he has delivered the life of the needy from the hand of evildoers. 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 1-7 through This is now the second letter that I am writing to you, beloved. In both of them, I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles, knowing this first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, Where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overlooked this fact, that the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water and through water by word of God, and that by means of these the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. Good morning and welcome to the second Friday after Epiphany. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Albany, Oregon. 
This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 62, Jeremiah 20, and 2 Peter 3. And the uh, I have to apologize for being absent yet again for the Thursday reading. I want to say the Wednesday reading. Uh, many of you probably know about the ice storm and that I have two young children, so they've been canceling school, delaying school, and it's just been a, a freaking pinball game. Um, and both the kids are now uh, back in school for one day, and the next week we'll hopefully have our routine back. Um, but I will also be uploading the Sunday readings soon uh, for everybody. I won't um, make you wait until Sunday. And as I've said, uh, uh, Brother Tim Tribble, who's a novitiate in the Hospitality of St. Martin, um, will be taking up a number of the, the weekday daily readings. So that being said, uh, Jeremiah is always one of my favorite prophets, and not that's not the right word. I admire and am awed by Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a part of the southern kingdom of Judah as the Assyrians, I'm sorry, the Babylonians uh, were threatening the stability of the last remaining tribes of Israel and uh, the, the kingdom of Judah. And he was told by God that they're doomed and they needed to let the Babylonians take over and if you tried to fight back, you were going to be exiled. Um, and we don't know what would have happened if they hadn't fought back. Um, but they did. And Jeremiah was forced to watch the destruction of the temple, of the holy city, and of many of the most powerful uh, Judahites. Uh, and he dies while everybody's in exile. And I believe he flees to Egypt um, in the meantime, he doesn't go with them as, as Ezekiel does, if my memory serves. Um, and so he, he's called the weeping prophet because he knew um, that he was preaching against his own people for their benefit. And yet he probably had an inkling that they weren't going to listen. Um, the, the Judahites were kind of the seat of the Davidic monarchy. Um, uh, a lot of archaeologists and Historians think that um, you know the 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 kingdom of Judah. Um, you know th there was some kind of there's a lot of really interesting stuff going on in academia about you know the the social differences between the two kingdoms and how many of the prophets came out of the north. Um, and there's just a lot more activity in the northern area, um, both before the unified kingdom and even during the unified kingdom. Like Elijah was up at Mount Carmel. Um, in the northern area, the land of Zebulon and Naphtali, as opposed to the land of Judah and Simeon and Ephraim or Benjamin. I can't remember which tribe held Jerusalem. But anyway, there's a lot of really fascinating stuff about the distinction between north and south and how that had a lot to do with class. And so the, the southern tribes, the monarchic Davidic tribes, had a little bit of you know, they had reason to look down their noses at the northern tribes, um, which were largely more rural, more agrarian. Um, Jerusalem was a big city by then. And the only comparable one in Samaria, uh, which was the capital of the northern tribes, was maybe half the size of Jerusalem. And so he's called to preach against not just his own people, but kind of the, the cool kids of his people. Um, and some of his own people, Jeremiah's people in the north, probably thought, yeah, that's great. 
F them. They were, they'd already been destroyed and quote-unquote lost, but um, there's always multiple ways to interpret all these stories. And Jeremiah is in the middle of this really just catastrophic moment um, that has no easy answers, right? It's not that the Judites were all bad and thank God they were being destroyed. It wasn't that, um, the you know, uh, when I think of the exile as, you know, as Jeremiah saw it coming, I think of, look, of course they're not going to give up to the Babylonians. Of course they're not going to roll over and let them have their way with them, and yet that's what God seemed to be commanding. And so the, the status quo, you know, kind of business as usual, you're going to defend yourself, of course, and yet God doesn't necessarily call us to that all the time. God does not call us to always try and get out of this life alive, to use the words of other theologians. We have to remember, and I think military uh, families know, that they're, you're going to die one way or another. The chances are very high uh, in combat, or higher than normal. And so you have to wrestle with that. I remember when I was going to Iraq, I wrote letters to all my family, basically saying goodbye, sealed them in envelopes, and told my dad, here, if, if I die, give these out to you know X, Y, and Z. Um, and so the reality of death is something we don't like to think about. But if we know that death is not the end, um, then there's, it stands to reason that whatever the end is, is more important than you know, whether I survive. I think that the end is to be a good person, to be the kind of creature that God intended us to be. God said that we are made good, and God said that it is not good that we are alone. So we are made to be together, we are made for community, and we are made good. And communities may die, but that doesn't affect whether they're good or bad, right? Um, losing because you know we think of like a defeat in battle you, the good guy can lose and the bad guy can win if the point of faith is to become and remain the kind of person and the kind of community God created us to be that doesn't guarantee that we're going to survive that doesn't guarantee that we're always going to come out on top and certainly if they had rolled over many of them would have died but I don't know what would have happened if the Judites had obeyed Jeremiah's prophecy um, as the voice of God. I, I don't know. All I know is what history leaves us, that they rebelled and they were exiled. And in exile, they made there's this whole renaissance. The second temple period was incredible. But it makes me wonder how much, what could have been different if the word of God had been obeyed and we had done the difficult thing if the people of God had trusted God with their lives and their, their eternal character, I guess, for lack of a better word. I don't know what would have happened. Um, but I do know that what they were told to do by God, they didn't do. And I know it sucked. It still sucked. Many of them still died. Um, and so uh, Jeremiah and, and the, the whole notion of what happens with the exile is just so complicated morally um, that... We shouldn't just kind of give these pat answers of like, well, you know, of course we shouldn't roll over, right? Um, but that we trust God in both the good and the bad, whether God is doing something that we want God to do with our lives or whether there's something that God wants us to do that we don't want, like Jonah, 
and we do it anyway simply for the fact that God is in charge and we are not. Um, and I think that that path does not spare us from pain, but it does protect us from becoming or being antithetical to the word and the will of the creator of the entire universe. Prayer for the Future of the Human Race from the Book of Common Prayer O God, our Heavenly Father, you have blessed us and given us dominion over all the earth. Increase our reverence before the mystery of life and give us new insight into your purposes for the human race and new wisdom and determination in making provision for its future in accordance with your will. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling in to First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast by clicking the link in the show notes. Or, if you serve military families, subscribe to First Forward, a paid subscription feed providing commentary on Sunday lectionary texts a week in advance. Use it for sermon prep or just because you support the troops. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instruction will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with PPUHQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in an episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off of air. So there you have it. Three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I haven't convinced you to fall in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac. Always faithful, always family. Semper Familia. Yeah.